Greetings, everyone. It is Friday, June the 17th. This is Patty Brinkman hosting the Executive Girlfriends Group Call, and I'm sitting in for regular host Chickie Fitzgerald. And I am pleased to introduce our guest today, Sandra Hoffman. And Sandra is author of Climb, Leading Women in Technology Share Their Journeys to Success. And welcome, Sandra. Well, thank you so much, Patty. I'm thrilled to be on with you on a Friday afternoon. Yes. Well, let's start uh, by, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your background. Sure, I'm glad to. Um, I I think early in my career I had an executive that I worked for that uh, called me his gadfly, and and initially I was terribly offended um, because I thought he just meant I was an irritating bug. And later I came to realize that that really did describe who I was, that I was somebody who was always looking to find a way to hopefully proactively and provocatively sometimes stimulating conversation, discussions, and decisions. And that's really where I've spent my career. Uh, it's been almost entirely in the technology world of, of software and engineering. Um, so I've, I've run the gamut from early-stage companies to behemoths like IBM, celebrating their 100th anniversary just yesterday. Um, and uh, I find that all of those and all of those roles that I've had um, the demands of uh, being a woman and at the same time aspiring to be successful, uh, there were a lot of tough lessons that I learned in that process. Um, so uh, whether it was leading um, early stage businesses as a general manager or serving as chief information officer uh, for a large organization, um, the the challenges that I thought were just exclusive to me and my problems I've come to find are shared, that they're very common and that there aren't a lot of differences between how most women face their careers and overcome the issues there. So um, it, it was certainly 25-plus years building up uh, to pulling together the Climb book that you're featuring here today. Yeah, that's a long time. And CLIMB is a collaboration. Uh, tell us about what was the impetus for CLIMB and how did the concept of this book come about? Sure. Well, I, I really have to start the story by uh, confessing that I'm a serious bibliaholic, and uh, the introduction of e-books has only accelerated my addiction. So with that bias for reading, I'm just always looking for books that will give me some insight to uh, how to be successful or help me maintain my my personal and professional vitality. Um, and in fact, that's one of the reasons why I really love the concept of uh, executive girlfriends and reaching out and sharing. Uh, when I became president of Women in Technology here in Atlanta, Georgia, um, one of the first things I did was uh, start up a book group called Whit Biblio Babes, and I wanted to find a way to couple my love of reading with the organization's mission to develop women. And so most of our book selections were really focused on business readings and discussions often included members who were sharing their stories about experiences relating them to what we were reading. 
and the stories were just so impactful and I found myself thinking, you know, I have got to capture these for other people because they aren't unique and, and mm-hmm. there's so much learning to be had in hearing these stories. So I started out just to collect the stories from the women who were the women who had been involved in leading the women in technology organization and then some of the women that we had recognized with our uh, awards programs and everywhere I turned it just seemed like there were more and more stories that had to be told. Mm-hmm. So in July of 2010 I started to collect what I thought were really going to be a couple dozen essays. Um, to create what I thought might be a 100-page book. And when we went to print uh, a few months later in October, um, we had collected over 68 essays, and the book was a hefty 500 pages. Uh, So, And and I am just in awe of the women who contributed and the men. Um, they, They are really so eloquent and provide wonderful insights. They're funny. Um, they're humble stories. There's wonderful self-awareness, and the authors were just fascinating storytellers. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, it's very provocative. I, I, I didn't put it down until 1 a.m. this morning. I'm in the middle of it. I haven't finished it yet. But there seems to be an overarching theme that weaves its way through the book and in each of these stories. What is the key message here? Well, uh, you know, so many of the stories are are really very deeply moving and they're so honest, but one of the uh, one of the themes that we extracted um and perhaps the strongest message is living with integrity. That that was a key component to success. Um the stories in climb really touch on themes um overcoming adversity, taking risk, uh facing fear, building relationships, and, of course, developing skills to lead and to be successful. Um, so the the most important, though, was definitely living with integrity because without it, um, you really were building on uh, sand. Yeah. Uh, one of the writers, Barbara Kunkel, she states in her chapter, which is titled Writing the Career Roller Coaster, Barbara says, yeah, she says, never fear technology, leverage it for opportunity. Tell us how the women in this book seize that kind of opportunity. Well, certainly, Barb reminds all of us that staying up with technology demands continuous learning, um, and any of us would be well behind the curve today if we only knew how to talk on a telephone. <laughs> um, there's an app for that somewhere. Um, and, and frankly, whether you're working in a pure technology world like, like I have and like Barb has, um, there's value in becoming a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. Um, in Barb's story, if, if you see graduating from college as really the end of your education, then you're putting limits on your success. Um, so it's important to always be seeking out new challenges, not waiting for them to drop in on you and look as uh, and make you uncomfortable, but instead taking some chances and risking failure um, mm. more often than not. And then mm-hmm. learning from mistakes, all of those are part of the, the journey. And uh, you'll hear that the, the women in the book, um, as professionals, see their career 
as a calling. It's something that it's not just job titles and job position descriptions. They really are trying to become experts in their chosen fields. They're trying to, to be the rock stars of their discipline. Um, it's not about the job. It's not about the next rung on the ladder. They really are trying to paint the bigger picture of their career and not get lost in the pixels, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And you had a few gentlemen contributors. Uh, one of them I saw, the, uh, Andre Schnabel. Yes, uh, yes. And he talks about the gender variable, and he states the dilemma specifically facing women is that the road to success in leadership positions is far more perilous than it is for men. Tell us about these perils and how these women have faced them and overcome them. Well, you know, one of them, and and it's always kind of funny, I certainly fell victim to uh, uh, trying to be a guy. I started my career in IBM, and uh, yes, I wore the blue suit, you know, white shirt and those hideous little bow tie things. Um, that we had, so so it was kind of like looking like the guys, um, but acting like a man and dressing like a man isn't really the answer. And uh, women who learn how to leverage their talents and the innate strengths can really effectively compete um, in the marketplace. And and I think to um, Andre's point. Um, the journey is is a bit more perilous for women because there are cultural hurdles that really have to be overcome. And, and just even, for example, the behavioral expectation that girls are seen and not heard um, can result in women waiting to be recognized for their contributions or hesitating to be assertive. They don't ask for salary increases. They don't ask for the job they want. They wait for someone to recognize them. They're they're seen and not heard. Um, I think, too, one of those perils is that women fear being seen as too aggressive or needy or emotional, um, and that, that makes for a very perilous path. Uh, here in the Deep South, we, we've learned that we can be aggressive. Uh, as long as we press this, uh, proceed any comment that we make, with the phrase "bless your heart," yeah. so so that I can say you, you know to to uh, to a man who's come up with an idea that's absolutely hideous, um, <laughs> or someone that uh, is not giving me what I'm worth in terms of salary, I'll just say "bless your heart." I bet you think that I'd be grateful to work with ten percent <laughs> less than my male peers. <laughs> so that par- that, that yeah that that path. Um, it faces diff- we face very different issues. Um, I think perhaps the one that might resonate the most is that women face um, the challenge of finding a balance between their career aspirations and motherhood, the biology of our gender. Um, reality is that women have to make very difficult choices there, and having both uh, a career and a family can be very stressful and challenging. And uh, over and over again in the book climb, you find that successful women are trying to um, draw out a career plan where they can align with their biological timing with their career timing um, so that they can make choices 
that coexist rather than creating conflict priorities that force them to think that they're superwoman. That leads me into my next question. Uh, In the preface you write, even in 2010, fewer women are graduating with degrees in science, technology, engineering, and math. Klein was self-published by Women in Technology. Uh, Tell us about this organization and how it's promoting more opportunity for women and also recognizing early talent in your field. Um, certainly. Um, I'm, I'm really proud to be associated with the organization, and, and like many of your listeners, might uh, spend a good part of my career not wanting to be associated with organizations that uh, were uh, groups of women, uh, because I had fought so hard to earn things on my own and not because of my gender. Uh, So it was late in my career when I came to the realization that, in fact, that was a community that was very important to be a part of. Um, And the Women in Technology organization, which started here in er, in the early 90s, um, has a mission to, to be a passionate advocate for advancing women in Georgia's technology community. And um, every year, more than a 1,000 thought leaders across our industries and professionals in the community attend the monthly forums and some of the leadership and networking programs that we have. Um, There are a number of executive development programs, um, such as uh, executive readiness, and, and that uh, includes things as as simple as do you have a professional headshot? <laughs> do do you understand what your brand is in the market? Are you prepared, um, you know, to to draft a plan of attack on your career? Um, and then careers in action, which is really allowing women to stop and think about what their progression is, what are the steps they want to take. Um, and what are the tactics that they need to employ to accomplish that? Um, we really are trying to help the members hone their leadership skills and achieve visibility in the business community. Mm-hmm. People who are, are technical are often very analytical, which sometimes translate to having no social skills. So it becomes important. <laughs> for um for us to say this isn't just about walking into a room full of people and networking but rather finding a way to work the network of mm-hmm. friends and acquaintances that you have um and exercising them to help you achieve not just your goals but theirs as well so very much a pay it forward um mm-hmm. i think that the one of the key focuses for the organization is stressing the importance of mentoring others and seeking mentors for yourself. Again, lifelong, continuous learning. And uh, we we stress the fact that the days are gone when you might look at uh, other women in your organization as competition um, and instead recognize that we've evolved to a time where collaboration and cooperation um, and promotion of others is really the path to success. Yeah. Uh, you've had your finger on the pulse of this industry for over 25 years now. 
Tell me how the landscape has changed since you first came on board and how you personally broke the gender barrier in sure. technology. Well, you, you know, the landscape actually may be the same, but, but I'd say that we've experienced a lot of climate change <laughs> um, over the 25 years. Um, when when I entered the work world back in the 70s, it, it was still pretty much like a scene from the TV series Mad Men. Um, <laughs> you know, women were subordinate characters in a male-dominated world. Um, for myself, I was fortunate to begin my career with IBM, where there was already a diverse workforce um, and a focus on leadership development. So even given that, there really weren't a lot of women around to provide mentorship for me or to serve as models. So in the the world I lived in of um, application development, it was normal for me to be, uh, you know, one of only a se- several women in the room. And then as I made my climb uh, in the career, uh, it was typical for me to not only be the only woman in the room, but to be the first woman that had ever been in the room. Um, and, and, and I did waste some time, I think, initially trying to be more like my male counterparts. Um, and when I let go of that myth of success that I had to be more like men, um, and I changed to be true to who I was, um, a smart woman, a capable woman, um, that was when my career took off, when I developed the level of self-awareness and purpose, um, and I learned to leverage my strengths for the success of my team and of my company. So that's, I'd say the sun came out. Yeah. And uh, earthquakes and um, uh, rainstorms and floods uh, kind of passed me by, and I learned that uh, regardless of what the weather is, I have to stay true to who I am um, and not be buffeted by the things that were happening around me. Good for you. And there's a section of the book, it's dedicated to the next generation of leaders, Tell me about this section, and tell me about the wisdom it imparts. Well, from the very beginning when we started talking about the book, sitting in the back of our minds was that we wanted the proceeds from the book to all go toward funding um, the programs that we had in place uh, to get young girls interested in careers in science, technology, engineering, and math, or the STEM uh, sector, um, and it, we very quickly realized that um, we needed to capture that story as well. It was a, a kind of a last-minute last inclusion in the book. Um, I'd been so busy collecting all the executive stories and had an, a eureka moment where I said, "I'm I'm capturing today's leaders, but I'm neglecting the stories." that are already in process for the next generation. So uh, Bonnie Daniker, uh, who has uh, uh, gained the status of uh, co-editor on the book um, mm-hmm. and is an author in her own right, volunteered to capture the stories of our WIT Foundation and our programs for girls. So she went behind the scenes um, to speak with all the girls and the volunteers and 
um, capture that experience for the readers. Um, these programs are really designed to help girls see and hear about um, what a technology career might be about and to see successful female role models. Uh, we wanted to show them that being a geek <laughs> could be cool. <laughs> Um, because, you know, frankly, um, young girls get turned off um, as early as middle school um, to technology because being smart isn't cool or being a geek isn't cool. And geez, there are all these guys that, you know, I don't want to look like a geek in front of. So we needed to find a way to get in uh, early enough to show them that, in fact, uh, it was an exciting place to be um, and that there were so many opportunities there. So uh, WIT partners with um, uh, with companies um, where we can go behind the scenes and we can do job shadowing. Uh, and explore some of these careers. We've had uh, fabulous um, uh, events where we take them behind the scenes at CNN, and they get to do a broadcast, and they get to understand the technology that's driving um, the uh, um, the entertainment and uh, digital media world. Uh, they get cranked up uh, behind these programs, um, and and we talked to young girls who are building robots um, and competing in uh, events that have not just regional but national and international exposure. Um, it, so it ends up being uh, just just so exciting to watch those minds open up to opportunity and to the potential of who they can be before they've made the decision not to go there. So the um, portion of the book that speaks to that next generation, um, the the wisdom that's imparted there is, is turned to a young girl, uh, remind her of how wonderful she is and how much possibility uh, is in front of her and how much she can accomplish. Oh, good. Why don't you uh, share with us uh, some snippets from the book, from some of these stories about these exceptional women? Well, you, you know, there there are, with 68 stories, you would think I would have been able to pick out a favorite, uh, but instead I, I find myself um, loving each story for different reasons. Um, there's a... Um, kind of how how we all fall into our careers very accidentally um, in Vicki Albee's story that uh, her title is um, Only Rarely is Anything as Important as It First Seems. And she speaks about how she ended up um, uh, getting a, a math degree because when she went to register uh, all of the business uh, education people were out having power lunches, so she just ended up going down the hall, and no one has ever asked her to, um, you, you know, use a theorem to solve anything. Uh, but instead, she's been asked many times over to apply her abilities as a good communicator. Uh, so it's a great story that where we start isn't always where we end up. Um, Mary Carol Alexander with uh, Salesforce.com brings you two tears as she talks about how her career 
a significant point in her career intersected with the horror of 9-11 and the impact that that had on her family, uh, her career, and um, uh, very, very moving that we can never separate our lives into comfortable compartments that are separated, but rather we have to integrate all the parts of our life. You would expect stories about the women role models in our lives, and our moms come to the top of the list, um, and there are stories about um, how, yes, mother was right, and all, and all the things she taught you are dead on, and they apply in the business world. Um, there are stories of, of women whose mothers were uh, leaders themselves and were breaking the glass ceiling um, and how that, in fact, um, changed the career aspirations, how powerful those role models are. So the the stories that um, are in the book um, go from uh, simple, straightforward, things that you would have heard many times over, um, how, uh, how, how you worry with harassment in the workplace, mm-hmm. um, to... How do you make difficult choices um, about uh, about families and the impact that raising children, um, caring for elder parents, how these things impact our careers? And frankly, it doesn't matter whether it's a technology career or a career in any number of other business functional areas. Um, the the lessons are the same. Mm-hmm. In in your chapter, you write, no one has wrapped tinfoil around my head and beamed decisions in. I make the choice. <laughs> you say I make the choice to feel good or feel bad. I believe that every day we are making choices that create our legacy. You obviously have made good choices that led you to where you are today. Uh, tell me, what legacy are you and these other leaders leaving? for the future generations of women in technology? Well, I think certainly for myself and for many of the women that uh, contributed, it's really um, being accountable um, to share the lessons that you've learned. Um, I think that we recognize, and certainly in the world of technology, that you can't, that keeping secrets um, and not collaborating with others is, it dooms you for failure. Mm-hmm. And so our successes can be attributed to the sharing and the learning that we've gained from others, um, gained from and with others. So for my lessons, when I think, when I make a comment like uh, um, the, the choices that we make, um, whether they are to feel good or to feel bad about anything, definitely impact how we are seen as leaders, um, how we're able to make contributions back to our community. So I believe that to a person, um, the contributors, men and women, are are trying to say, wake up and understand that your hand needs to be reached not just up, for the next rung, but also back for the person who's coming along behind you, um, that you can make that journey for them easier and and it doesn't slow you down 
and in fact, it might even help you up um, because, it, as uh, I think, there are many stories out there about uh, occasionally you need both a push from behind and uh, someone to carry you. Yes, yeah, that's marvelous. And if you were to summarize the book, uh, tell uh, tell us what like the top takeaways are. Uh, the three, like the three things that these leaders believe have led to their success. Um, certainly, uh, I, I believe that perhaps the key takeaway um, is that I, I readers that learn that everyone has a story. Is that everyone. Readers and it's important that to hear that story. story. We don't everyone. often. We work side by side with people, um, and we only see one dimension of them. And yet their stories and their own personal experiences are unbelievably rich. Uh, great leaders like the women of Climb, I believe, know that you have to take people from where they are and not from where you are. And in order to accomplish that, you really need to hear their story. If there were three contributors that I were to pull out, um, I think that they are characteristics that promote success regardless of the industry that you're in, and they're really gender neutral. And the first one is maintaining integrity. You have to work on it all the time, and you have to be ready to look yourself in the mirror. you got to be ready to have what you do and say um, on the front page of your local paper or broadcast on Twitter, um, and you've got to make sure that you work on it every day and never assume that it's going to be a given. Uh, the second would be to develop self-awareness. That really contributes to success in so many ways. If you really don't have a clue as to who you are and what your strengths are, it's very difficult to capitalize on those strengths um, and move forward. The third thing is perhaps what I see is often the most challenging for women, and that's to take risk um, and to be able to fail, uh, to face that failure and have courage in the face of it. And then a component that I think women have a strength in, which is overcoming adversity. Um, we have the uh, innate ability, I believe, to withstand enormous stress, um, which allows us to overcome just about anything that can be put in our path. We just don't crumble. Those contributors to success, integrity, self-awareness, and being more of a risk taker, having courage, I believe are the the key takeaways um, even though there are hundreds of mentoring moments in the book and there's advice at every page turn, um, I believe that the women are, are very passionate about getting those messages across. Yes, and I'm really looking forward to finishing this book. And we have been talking to Sandra Hoffman today, author of Climb, and Sandra, thank you so much for being on the Executive Girlfriends Group show. We really appreciate you taking the time out for us. My pleasure indeed, and, and I certainly hope that your audience um, will uh, th think about their daughters, um, their coworkers, uh, and share the book with them and the lessons that are there. 
Uh, we'll have some of it available in PDF form later this year so that uh, people can download them to their uh, iPads and take a read on the subway or sitting and waiting at the uh, uh, doctor's office or wherever they find their free moments. So, um, And thank you for giving me a, a platform to share um, the uh, the wonderful stories that these women shared with me. You are most welcome, and your book is available on the Executive Girlfriends Group Amazon bookstore also. And what is the website if people want to come and, and take a, a look at uh, the Women in Technology website? Where will they find you? Uh, sure. It's uh, www.mywit.org, M-Y. W-I-T dot org. And you don't have to be a geek to visit it. (laughs) Great. Okay, thank you so much, Sandy. Thanks, Patty, and you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you again. You too. Bye-bye. Bye now.